0: It's really just not fair that you can transition with a voice like that. Is that not, that's just not fair. See, what y'all don't realize is that pastors and preachers that don't have a voice, we feel crippled. So I make him take his mic everywhere. And when he sings, I'm going to mouth and it's going to sound like I'm singing, okay? And then we can transition. We can flow in and out of praise and worship, (laughs) preaching, whatever, because you'll think it's my voice, right? Y'all just, yes, yes. Yes. Amen. You know, um. God, the presence of the Lord is so thick in this room tonight. Yes. I don't know if you feel just just being on your face in the presence of the Lord. Yes. Uh, when they were singing that song, How Great Thou Art, um, th- there are certain songs that change generations. Yeah. That's one of those songs Amen. that changed generations, you know, like in the 90s. Wasn't it in the 90s? Was it, was it 80s, 90s? Way back, way back. Well, why was why was it in the '90s for me? Were they old school in the '90s? I don't know, but I remember growing up in the '90s, singing, hearing that song, and it just sucked me back yeah. to a little girl on a pew in a church. Y'all, if y'all know uh, Benny Hinn before he was big time evangelist healer, uh, you know, traveling everywhere, he had a church. And my past, my, my parents were pastors with him at that church, and he always sings "How Great Thou Art." If y'all have ever watched him on TV, y'all he all it's his favorite song. That's what he leads with is "How Great Thou Art," and uh, it it just took me back to that that pew as a little girl listening to "How Great Thou Art" a gazillion times, and seeing the birthplace of miracles and the birthing of uh, the gifts of the presence of God in a a sanctuary full of people that are so hungry, they'll literally stand in line to get into a sanctuary. And the Lord said, uh, you were in an incubator. And I said, an incubator? Like, this is all going on while you're singing How Great Thou Art'? okay? Uh, Isn't an incubator when a, a baby is put in a place when it's it's a premature, and it's fed all of its nutrients there, and and it grows there, and uh, everything that's essential to life is in that incubator for that child. And uh, it, he said David spent years in the field with sheep, he was in my incubator. And he said, I was just putting in his DNA worship. And I just was incubating him for his moment when he would be a king and have all the power and all the riches. But in him, in his DNA from that incubator would be a fear and a reverence and a worship for me. And the Lord said, your incubator was in those moments, in those, in those all moments as a child where you sat there and watched thousands upon thousands. And he said, that is in your DNA for a reason. And he said, that is what's going to happen in this house. And I, and I, I've heard it prophesied. I've heard it spoken over this house. I've heard people pray it over this house, that this would be a place of healing, miracles, signs, wonders, that thousands would come to, to get touched by the presence of God. And I believe that it's headed that direction. And it's our, it happened in the 90s. I wasn't there. But Randon was in his incubator. You see, you see how good God is? He had us incubating at different places putting in our DNA a hunger for the miracles and the presence and the just saturation of the holy spirit at a very young age and that how great thou art just took me right back there and the lord said there's there's people in this room that need to go back and look at where i first put in them their first real hunger, a first piece of DNA that that said this, I'm going to breathe on you and this is what your future is going to look like. Go back to that place. Don't surround yourself with the silly things, the day-to-day, the, all the day-to-day stress, where you're at right now. God says, you remember David, he'd be in a cave running for men trying to kill him, but... He would look back on the days where all he did was have to sit under a tree and write songs about Jesus and how much He loved him. And the Lord said, "There's some of you that need to go back to the incubator. What did I put in you? Breathe, let me breathe on that again. So because there's a reason why it's there. There's a reason why that dream is there. There's a reason why that gift is there. There's a reason why you have a longing for this. Because it was in your DNA in the incubator. Amen. The Lord is so good. He is so faithful. Amen. Amen. That's a word for somebody tonight. I know that the Lord is going to do something amazing in this house in the next year. I feel like there's such, it, it's it's. The branching out is wonderful. The transition is wonderful. We're, we're starting a Triumph Church in DC and I am pumped about it. But let me tell you what is, what is amazing. What's going to happen is the bigger... The bigger we go, the more we reach, the more people we reach, and the more we do for the kingdom of God. And the more more that we give out of our well, the more the Lord is going to pour into us. This house will overflow with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because the more we give, the more we give of our gifts and our time and our talents and our treasure, the more he's just going to fill, he's going to pour until we can't take anymore. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm going to get to whatever I was supposed to talk about tonight at some point. We all know. Actually, it's about the greatness of God. You're good, buddy. Thank you for hanging in there with me, though. (laughs) I might need you again. Stay right there. (laughs) Okay. Amen. Well, actually talking about DC, my husband and Bishop and Pastor uh, Damon and Chris are all in D.C., and he's actually, my husband's on a plane right now coming home. He'll be in at about midnight tonight. They've been looking, scoping out the land. Uh, They say that there are grapes bigger than their head. No, I'm just joking. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, uh, Brandon and they're all looking for a place to see if they can rent some places in D.C. and see if we can set up shop, and they're getting excited and nervous, and and just I'm sure my husband's going to come back just pumped up and want to chit-chat till 2 in the morning, and I'm all be, anyways, I'll get it all in the morning, Uh, and then uh, fasting, of course, starts tomorrow, and I'm excited about that, and can I mention one little thing, and I won't go all night, because I really don't have all night, Uh, (laughs) I have like 10 minutes to say something impactful to change your life forever, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) don't forget to register for Fresh Fire, don't wait to the last minute, register, please, 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 and you know what, if you See somebody in this sanctuary tonight that you don't know, that you've seen come in and out and not really have anybody as a relationship or have, ever sit by anybody. That means they probably don't know anybody, and you probably should introduce yourself to them and see if they're going to the conference. And if they want to come, maybe you should have them in your room. I'm, I'm sure they're not too scary. And if they are, you can come to me later about that. But I'm just saying, find somebody you don't know and talk to them about the conference. Get them to come. Great time to build a relationship. Amen. Well, I am not going to lie to you. They, I was driving down the road and the Lord spoke to me. Uh, I was listening to a radio talk show. And uh, I love listening to those morning radio talk show people. They crack me up. And one of this is one very famous one, uh, talk show host. Uh, he said um, something that tr- stuck stuck me in the heart, and I haven't been able to shake it in the last week, and I just know that the Lord has got something to say about it. Uh, He he was on the topic, somehow, a secular radio station was on the topic of the fear of the Lord. He said, "Uh, why is it that we say we're going to put the fear of God in so-and-so? Why should we fear God if he's merciful and good? Why why be fearful of him? And none of the people on that radio show could answer his question. And I'm screaming at him. My daughter's like, Mom, he can't hear you. I'm like, I know. I know that. And so I wanted to put the fear of God in you tonight. (laughs) Y'all, come on now. Did your parents ever say, I'm going to put the fear of God in you? He, okay. Did they ever say that when they were gonna whip you, this is gonna hurt me more this is gonna hurt you. Uh, I'm gonna give you something to cry about. That one I used last night actually. I'm gonna give you something to cry about. And uh <laughs> I can't wait for Brandon to come home. And so um <laughs> and so I wanted to talk about the fear of the Lord tonight. Um I looked up the 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 fear of the Lord is all throughout scripture, but mostly it's in Proverbs. Uh it's the wisdom. And I looked up the uh, actual uh, word in the Hebrew. Hebrew is um, yirah, Y-I-R-A-H, with a little, little slash thingy, accent, oh, between the R and the A, if you're taking notes. And actually, it can mean either or. I thought there were two different words. That's what I... Originally I thought that there were two different words for fear, when fear of the Lord or fear of something evil or dangerous, but it's really the same word. It can mean either fear or terror or it can mean reverence or respect. So really it is the same word. And the difference between uh, fear, the definition of fear that we know is, is it's a feeling of anxiety and agitation produced by the presence of nearness of danger or evil or pain. But the way that fear of the Lord is used in the text of the word is being awe-inspired or humbled by. Have, has any uh, have you, any of you, raise your hand if you've uh, been to the Grand Canyon. Any of you been to the Grand Canyon? Oh my gosh, we have got to go on a road trip. A serious road trip. It's Disney World and Grand Canyon. Here we come. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, I'm telling you, if you've never been, you will be awe-inspired. You will literally stand back and look, and if you don't know that there's a God, you will know when you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. It is breathtaking. You feel so small next to something so humongous. My, um, my father-in-law took us through the mountains um, going through Flagstaff, and uh, I'll tell you, you want to be awe-inspired, let Bishop drive on a mountain. He was going like 90 miles an hour and just t- chit-chatting. And you know the kind of people that drive and then talk to you while they're driving and don't look back. And and nobody else is nervous in the car but me. I'm like, just please look at the road. I'm like shaking the head, the head seat in front of me, you know, shaking it and just begging him, just look at the road and go 70 for crying out loud. Yeah, you'll be awe-inspired. But it was beautiful in Flagstaff. The Red Rock, all of that, just awe-inspiring. And that is the kind of... Fear that is used in this text—fear of the Lord. Yeah, you could be fearful of His wrath, but if you truly know Him, you know that you are. Fear of the Lord really means you are in respect of how awesome He really is. Amen. And so, uh, I, I was—I was as I was studying this, I realized—I realized something. If we recognize God, okay, we recognize his power, correct? So, But that works just the opposite way. So that means that if this radio host, okay, if he doesn't recognize his power, then does he really recognize or believe God? I don't think they have to go hand in hand, correct? So like... You can't really know God and really say you believe in God if you don't fear how awesome he really is. It's like saying you understand how beautiful the Grand Canyon is until you've been there and then you go, wow, I get it now. It's like there's a veil that comes off of your eyes and all of a sudden you really believe that it's awe-inspiring. And so typically they go hand in hand i want to show that this real short video clip i don't even know if i have time for it but i feel like that it represents what the fear of the lord really is so well and it does better on video i feel like people are going to get more out of it than me talking for a couple more minutes so y'all can y'all play it is the sound up of how big He really is. is not it make you want to sing How Great Thou Art all over again? I'm telling you, it was perfect. Jesus is just all up in this tonight. Uh, the benefits of having the fear of the Lord. Just real quick, I'm going to go through them pretty fast. I'm going to read a couple scriptures if y'all can hang in there with me uh, in the back. And y'all can just write these down. I'm going to show them to you real fast. In Proverbs... Hold on. 1-7, it says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. It says in uh, Proverbs 9-10, it says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Proverbs 15 Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes Honor, Proverbs ten twenty seven. Fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. I skipped. I skipped down some. Back to all the wisdom. There's three proverbs right there, back to back to back, that all talk about how it's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. True fear of the Lord is born out of a knowledge of how infinitely powerful, majestic, and full of goodness God is. Before we can grow in the Lord, we must first learn to fear him. An example, a a great example is um, when a child recognizes a parent has the ability to withhold good things from them. Or give them good things. When they, when they begin to write, it's like the terrible twos is when it hits all of a sudden. They understand that mom has the ability to say no to the honey bun. Right, Miss Steph? And uh, <laughs> she buys honey buns for my son in bulk. She goes to Sam's and buys huge boxes of honey buns. He comes home with a box, not just one honey bun, like a whole box of honey buns. And he knows that if he goes home with those, his mama has the ability to say, no, you can't have that till you eat your dinner, you know? But children begin to realize that mom and dad have the ability to give them good things or withhold things from them. So all of a sudden, they begin to grow into the adult we want them to to become. You know, we, 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 uh, we are raising a generation, sadly enough, that believes that the world owes them everything. That's why they have a hard time holding a job because they think their boss owes them the job, you know, or that uh, they, they don't have cars or they don't do this or they don't do that. It's because they feel like everything is owed to them. That's a soapbox I'm about to get off, but just give me another second. Uh, and so what we as parents have to do is create in our children the ability to know authority, and to and and to know authority and to put yourself under authority and submit yourself to that authority means that's the beginning of your wisdom that is the beginning of you growing into the mature adult that you are supposed to become especially in Christ and so God fearing the Lord is truly the beginning of us maturing in our spiritual walk with God if we never fear if I, if the children never fear the parent in a way that's you know, not fear like they're going to beat me every time I step into, step in a mud puddle. No, fear as in they have the ability to take my Legos away when I'm bad, you know, and, and give me Legos when I'm good. When they begin to honor that, they begin to make good judgment calls. As it's say, it works the same with us. That's why the Lord uses it so much in Scripture about us being His children. It works the same way with us. When we begin to obey His commandments... All of a sudden, life begins to just work all of a sudden, and things start to work, and you look up and you go, wait a minute, I have money in my account, and I paid all my bills this month. Well, did you, you know, pay your tithe? Have you been praying? Have you been prophesying over your, you know, speaking the word of God over your finances? Yes, okay, it works. Look at there, it works. And that's what happens when we begin to... uh, Grow in wisdom. We fear the Lord. We grow in wisdom. We begin to mature. Also, it prolongs our life. Uh, I read to you Proverbs t- uh, cha- chapter ten, verse twenty-seven: "Is fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short." Uh, a life lived in obedience to His Word, because you have a true reverence for the Lord, will actually cause long life. Listen to the statistic. of human illnesses can be traced directly or indirectly to fear, sorrow, envy, resentment, guilt, hatred, or to any number of emotional stresses, let alone uh, alcoholism, which causes uh, cirrhosis of the liver, uh, being addicted to tobacco, which is emphysema, cancer or heart disease, or immorality, which is any sort of venereal disease or AIDS, any of those you can avoid by just obeying the word of God. And that all starts when you realize that his will for your life is better than your own. And if you just fear him enough to reverence him and obey his word, it'll keep you from dying. (laughs) You know, it will keep you from literally killing yourself. it's um, It's so funny how scientists every day are proving that the word of God is the truth. Have you, um, I watched this uh, documentary, it was a while ago, it was probably a couple years ago, a documentary they did about uh, joy, people that are happy and laugh, and how it heals. Over time, they noticed that cancer and uh, illnesses in their body, tumors began to shrink, and they related it back to Scripture in the Bible about the joy of the Lord and, and and how it's like a medicine and all this stuff. And then they started talking about how uh, they had an example of a person that literally talked about being healed all the time, speaking healing over their body. They don't even know what they're doing, and it's working. It's because it's biblical truths working. Whether you really believe in what you're doing or not, you're still using biblical truths and it's still working. And scientists are proving that every single day. And they're saying that in Proverbs, this is the truth. It is, will prolong your life. You will not have envy. You will not have fear. You will not have sorrow. If you just believe in the word of God, 60% of the things that will kill you, well, as long as, you know what? If 60% gets rid of that, that's better than, uh, that's better than life insurance right there. Just forget paying life insurance. Just read your word. Amen? Don't forget. Just, that was just a joke. Please don't go do that and then say, Pastor Lindsay said. Please don't do that. My husband will not let me ever speak in here again, okay? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the fear of the Lord produces security. In Proverbs 14, 26, I have a lot of scripture tonight. Just hang in there. Just write it down and read it later. In the fear of the, in the, fear of the Lord... There is strong confidence, and His children will have a place of refuge. I'm going to read it again. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, but his children will have a, and his children will have a place of refuge. Uh, who doesn't want strong confidence? There is, uh, that's the thing that I think most women, for sure, I don't know about you men, but most women. We want strong confidence because the world is so ingrained in us. You have to be this, and you have to look this way, and you have to talk that way, and you have to dress this way, and da, 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 that for women, my gosh, if we can have any sort of confidence, we're doing good. So the Lord says, find it in me. It starts with the fear of the Lord. Then you'll have strong confidence. Uh, I, I read this quote. It's pretty good. Oswald Chambers, uh, says, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you don't fear God, you fear everything. Isn't that great? That makes so much sense. People that don't live, uh, biblical truths, that don't walk in his presence daily, that don't, uh. Follow the word of God as if it were life to the, their body, okay? They are more fearful of uh, everything. They're fearful of everything. What if they've got insurance on everything? <laughs> they're probably smart, but still, they've got insurance on everything. They, I, I heard the silliest thing the other day that some superstar had insurance on her legs. I mean, that is out of control for me. That means if she breaks her leg, she gets like $2 million. That's out of control. That's fearing a little too much. I'm just saying, if you break your leg, you shouldn't get paid $2 million. Let it be said. You too, but if you want to. And uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Jesus, help me. <laughs> produces, it produces security. It produces strong confidence. Uh, in Proverbs 14, 26, the New King James Version. Did I read that one yet? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, in Romans 8:31, it says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Walking with the Lord puts us on his side. Pastor Chris said it again tonight. We are playing for the winning team. So we get not just confidence, but we have security knowing that if we fall, there's a, there's a little thing that will catch us. It has mercy and grace follows us everywhere we go. So the minute we mess up, it's okay because God picks us up. Just, fear of the Lord doesn't mean that we're perfect. The fear of the Lord means that we live trying to obey the word of God. And grace and mercy catch us when we fall. Not just living how we want to and knowing that eventually God will forgive us. You see the difference? That's, that's, uh, I can always relate it back to my children. Uh, that's what happens when you're around them 24-7. In Job uh, 1, chapter 1, verse 8. Through 10. It says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? That's the Lord talking about Job because the devil wanted to test someone. So he offers up his servant Job. And so Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job, does Job fear God for nothing? He said, this is what Satan says, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. Now, I want you to realize something. They're connecting these two. They're connecting these two. So the Lord is saying, yeah, go ahead, test Job, because he fears me, because he has reverence for me. Because he's blameless. So, in other words, he's true to to my words. He's true to my commandments. And the devil says, basically, why wouldn't he be? You've given him everything. And those two are directly correlated. Listen to what happens when Job fears the Lord. He has a hedge of protection. Where am I at? A hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side. How many of you would like that? I'd like a hedge of protection on every side. on Around my family, around my finance, around my household, around the school, around where I work, around my car. And then it says, uh, you have blessed the work of his hands. I want everything I touch to be blessed. And his possessions have increased in the land. I want my possessions to increase. Is that? Do you blame me for that? I want my possessions to increase. Do you all want yours? That's all because... The Lord said that he considers him his servant and that there's none like him and that he's blameless and upright, one who fears God and shuns evil. They're directly connected. If you read on in 11 and 12, it says, but now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. That's what Satan says Job will do if you take it all away. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has in, in your power, in is in your power only do not lay hand on his person so satan went on for the presence from the presence of the lord now the reason i wanted to show you chapter uh, verse 11 and 12 is because just because job is blessed doesn't mean he doesn't face trial i want to be very clear about that because we all face trial. It doesn't matter if we fear the Lord. The bottom line is, is we're going to face trial. And, it, and that's, I think that's what uh, in the scripture where he says, count it all joy, the trials and tribulations. But I think here if Job would have heard the conversation between the devil and the Lord, he would have actually laughed instead of cried because he would have gone, he trusts me so much that he would say, I'll pick this one because he won't shun me. He would have actually laughed. He would have counted joy. But because we don't hear those conversations, we just think that the Lord has left us for some reason. And I want to be careful not to confuse those, being blessed and having to go through trial. If you notice in in the verse 12, it says, uh, only do not lay a hand on him because it won't take, he'll never let it take you out. He'll never let it take you out. It will only make you better in the end. And that's just a side note. That's just a side note. Sorry about that. I just had to make sure that you know the difference between living a blessed life and going through some trials. The, the God has chosen us for a reason to go through trials. We should count it all joy, right? It produces blessing in our life. The fear of the Lord produces blessing. In, in Proverbs 22, 4, it says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Amen? Riches, honor, and life by humility and fear in the Lord. To fear the Lord is to make a decision to live a life that is ordered around a holy, reverential respect for God. The Lord's way becomes the only way that you can do life. Obedience to His Word is truly the fear of God. And the, when I, I was looking for a video... Um, for tonight, because I wanted to show something that was grand, like the stars and the Milky Ways and how great God is, and how that statistic about uh, tw- it's 2,500 star or it would take 2,500 years to count the stars in the Milky Way, and that's just one of billions. Okay, that's amazing, first of all. It blows your mind, it makes you think. It makes you think you're just so minute, but yet he cares so much about each one of us. If obedience is I, I, I was looking for this, this video, and I kept looking for obedience, a, a a video clip on obedience, and I could not find a video clip on obedience. I could not find a video clip on obedience in a biblical in bib all kinds of biblical deals. And you know why? Because nobody wants to talk about obedience. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Nobody wants to talk about obedience because nobody wants to come to church and be told that they have to obey anything. Is that a touchy subject? I'm sorry if it is. That's probably why there's no video clip. I probably shouldn't talk about anything there's no video clip for on a a sermon website. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It bothers me that we have become so accustomed to doing things our own way that we don't have the ability to submit to anything, to, to obedience, to, to, to laws and commandments, uh, let alone to authority, you know? And so uh, the thing that I, I think that we use that we, I shouldn't say we, I think that society uses as a crutch, our Christian, the body of Christ sometimes is we use as a crutch, uh, God's grace. I believe in the, The grace message my gosh I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the grace of God okay but we can't use it as a crutch because if we want to grow in maturity then what we have to do is become obedient to his word which causes us to lay our life down and causes us to grow spiritually so that biblical things that we do every day aren't hard anymore they're just second nature we still need God's grace. That's not I'm not preaching against God's grace in any way, shape, or form. But sometimes we need to talk about obedience to his word and commandments, you know. And that all ties back into the fear of God. So so bringing me back to this radio guy, if you begin to really look at people that say, Oh, I believe there's a God, but, you know, <laughs> he's just out there and, you know, not really a part they don't really know God. Don't let it fool you. It's just a ruse. You need to you, show them that video clip. <laughs> you need to start to explain to them how big your God really is, but yet how much he cares about your very life. And I think that I think that we decide we're not going to minister to people like that because they already say, "Well, I, I already I know there's a God. I know there's a God. But, you know, do we have to fear him? Do we really? Do we have to fear him?" Well, that's just a cover up. Typically, people that don't have a fear for the Lord or understand the Lord or have a reverence for the Lord don't want to obey anything in the, the Word of God. So it's just a ruse. It's just a cover-up. Don't let it fool you. I'm going to give you one last Scripture uh, reference, and it's in Psalms uh, chapter 34, verse 9. It says, The fear of the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him... "'will have all they need. "'Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, "'but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. "'Come, my children, and listen to me, "'and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. "'Does anyone want to live a lo- a life that is long and prosperous? "'Then keep your tongue from speaking evil "'and your lips from telling lies. "'Turn away from evil and do good.' Search for peace and work to maintain it. Ooh, that's good. That'll preach all by itself. <clears throat> the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. Starting all the way back at the beginning, he's tying in the fear of the Lord to doing his work. His work. By keeping our evil lips shut. (laughs) Didn't Brandon just preach on that on a Wednesday night? Keeping our mouths shut and don't tell lies and do good, don't do evil and do peace. It's almost like just repeating what the Lord is teaching in his word is, if you do those, you are reverencing the Lord. So he's saying if you want a long and prosperous life, just know That he's good and that he's big and you should just be doing whatever he tells you to do. Keep your mouth shut. Stop lying. Do good. Don't do evil. And my favorite and favorite, 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 favorite is search for peace and work to maintain it. Because it's work to maintain peace. But when there is a holy fear of the Lord, all you do is follow peace. You follow peace because the Lord's presence is peace. Peace that passes all the understanding. That is my favorite. When I don't understand anything that's going on in my life, I still know that peace is what I need to be following. If you don't take anything away from tonight, just remember that He's a great God. He's bigger than any problem you have. And to follow peace and work to maintain it. Amen? Well, I I don't have much longer because Pastor Chris decided to have a move of God tonight. And, uh... (laughs) I'm just joking. Uh, it was amazing, and I hope that y'all feel filled and refreshed. Filled, y'all like that? That's Southeast Texas right there. Filled and refreshed. And isn't Wednesday night service kind of like a warm blanket? Does it? I I love Sundays. I'm pumped about Sundays. When I walk in the presence of God on Sundays, I'm ready to go. But Wednesday nights, I come in. I'm tired. And somehow it's like a warm blanket just comes over, and I feel comforted, feel refreshed. I'm ready for the day tomorrow, and I hope that's how you guys feel tonight when you go home. If you'll all stand with me.